0: My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now as regular listeners of our program will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and to this end we're joined on today's program by Kevin Browning, the managing director at Global Tunneling Experts, a company which provides specialized construction personnel to a wide range of infrastructure projects across the globe. Uh, Kevin, it's a uh, very warm um, welcome to uh, you today and thanks ever so much for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure having you with us.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant having you, Kevin. Now, uh, just for those um, listeners that might not be familiar with the uh, the business and what you do, um, could you just expand uh, for me on uh, what it is that GT UK actually uh, sort of goes and does in the marketplace, please, in your own words?
1: Okay. um Global Tunneling Experts are a, uh, basically an agency stroke subcontractor. And what we do is to supply key uh, personnel to the, primarily to the tunnelling industry. Uh, we don't only do this in the UK. We're currently working in 48 different countries in the world, throughout the world. And um, we have a mother company, which is a German company called Heronknecht. And mm-hmm. they they are responsible of manufacturing and providing a, around about 80% of the big bore machines that you hear or see, if you like, uh, building metros and underground systems in cities and across the country and under the lakes and, and the likes, if you like. Uh, certainly at the moment in the UK, there's a vast amount of tunneling going on and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're rather busy.
0: Absolutely so, and uh, we're at a time uh, now, aren't we? We're recording this podcast um, on the seventh of September, twenty twenty-two. So, of course, our new prime minister has taken office this week. Of course, Liz Truss, and um, she's going to have a lot on her plate, isn't she? In um, your particular industry, the uh, the construction sector, if we recall it that, because. Um, there are. There's a problem, isn't there? There's a fundamental problem where there's a great deal of workers that are being forced into tax avoidance by some of the major contractors, and the long-term consequences for your business and for the worker are financially catastrophic as a result of that. So, Kevin, why is that um, such a huge problem at the moment for the industry?
1: Well, I think I think it's uh, supply and demand. I mean, it's, there's an unprecedented amount of work uh in the in in the tunneling construction uh, infrastructure uh, at the moment throughout the u k um which is which has added pressure on it because there's major major infrastructure projects going on in australia and um, and the middle east of course and other countries america um so the demand on personnel has never been greater in the 30 years that I've been involved with this business. And therefore um, the the challenge to get the right people or the people on the projects from the joint ventures that come together um, and to be awarded certain sections of major projects, if you like, uh, is so great. Um, People um companies will use pretty much, pretty much any tactic they can to entice um the right people, if you like, onto their onto their payroll.
0: Mm. Uh. And I suppose when we're seeing sort of umbrella companies being taken advantage of by employers to sort of avoid paying out the right sort of uh, national insurance contributions amongst other things Um, there was sort of a little bit of um, a hint that this could finally be addressed by ministers in the form of the IR35 legislation but obviously that's been very badly managed that's not been enforced properly and so to date I suppose we're still awaiting for some sort of solution on essentially what are acts of tax evasion by um, businesses in in the industry and so that's something Thing that I suppose the new Prime Minister needs to stamp out to try and level the playing field.
1: Well, I totally agree. And, and the, the major concern I have is that there, are, in many cases, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, people, workers, em- employees, if you like, who are not disencouraged to work, CIS, self-employed, if you like. Um, in order to get the job and it pays well the the the, the, uh, the industry pays well and the added the added incentive of course if you're only paying uh or not paying as you would be if you fully were fully employed by a company if you like mm-hmm. you know you've got the national insurance your own national insurance contributions which are avoided of course if you're working self employed in a, in a sense I think it's £9.20 pence a week or something like that, you can pay if you're self-employed. Um it was rather to the normal 11 plus whatever percent it is. And then, of course, there's the, the employer's national insurance contribution, which is 15.3% now, I believe. And so there's a huge, huge uh, amount of money that, that isn't that is not being collected. And then of course there's the twenty percent tax that the umbrella companies or, or mm. some companies deduct from the, the from the employee um, as a as a as a standard. But a lot of people don't realise twenty percent does not cut the cloth when you're making fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand pounds a year. Mm. And this is in reality what a lot of these guys our guys people, I should say, are earning. And subsequently Later on, can even be back to four or five years, if you like. The HMRC will, at some point, and can, at some point, if you like, um, decide that actually the reality of the situation was that you were not working self employed, you were actually working as an employee. Mm. And therefore, they will come looking for the tax. And and the major concern I have, and I really am concerned about, it, for young people or any people at all, I feel like who who have actually got married, they've got the first house, they've got a mortgage, they've got the car, maybe on HP, and then one year down the line, stroke two years down the line, HMRC will drop a brown envelope through the door, demanding twenty, thirty thousand pounds. For for tax mm. unpaid taxes now for many of the many of the uh, major companies, if you like JVs, I'm sure that they're more than capable, and, and many of them will have possibly will have put aside a, uh, uh, a reserve in case such a thing happens. But mm. in the reality, most people, individuals, will not. Put this thirty percent, whatever it might be, cash aside just in case. So, so the, the reality is that that's, with with the escalating cost of of uh, household bills and energy, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. as well as getting a bill through that through your through, like that through your door, it will it can cause people to hand their keys back from the house, families to break up. Children to be and to be split up from their families, it's catastrophic and it has to be addressed now.
0: Mm. Absolutely, so because um, there are companies of disrepute out there that are essentially evading taxes and putting workers in danger of having that bill from HMRC. And uh, the the incredible thing is that given that then you know they're making such a saving on the taxes that they're not paying, they are actually pricing reputable businesses out of the market by being more successful with major contracts because they're able to sort of outbid those that are, you know, actually playing by the rules and paying tax fair and square.
1: That's without a doubt. Um we see this we see this uh um regularly, if you like, from from global telling um uh, point of view. We are immediately twenty five percent more expensive than and Our competitors, because we insist on working um, paye. Um, this is mm-hmm. the legal way. This is how the the government, the laws of this land, have instructed us to work, and we will work within the boundaries of the law. And we continue to do so. Um, it, but it does, and it definitely has had a detrimental impact on on our. Turnover, if you like, and our, our business. The problem arises is where we are now with it um, currently, as we are involved with so many com- uh, other projects throughout the world. Companies like Global Turning Experts are actually are actually seriously considering whether we should continue to be to be. Um, punished, if you like, for trying to work legally here, and why don't we take our skilled workforce and go and work in the other countries that we are also involved with? There's this major, major project um, for me, Britain first, and, and we we have a huge, huge um, uh, opportunity now with the infrastructure program that has been laid out in front of us to, to to get this right. And And I want to be part of it. We want to be part of it. And um, I just want I want someone to understand what I'm saying here. It, it's also it's it's not also the not only the the tax side of it but the uh, or the contribution national insurance contributions um, avoidance. It it also it also um, restricts us from developing if you like the younger and and uh, people with compatible skills to come into the market and work with us and develop um, themselves and better themselves, if you like.
0: I completely understand yes uh, because um, uh, the, the the issues around sort of the uh, the skills gap in the industry are incredibly well documented because uh, since Brexit obviously there are issues with immigration now and visas we can't just go and tap into the, uh, the European workforce anymore where there are skills shortfalls but also there's a lack of skilled um, labour within this country as well and uh, we do need to be teaching young people and give business the resources to be able to do that but again I mean it all comes down to having the financial cloud to be able to do it doesn't it and uh, we're talking a lot about that we're talking about a lack of resources and it's just galling isn't it in a sense that um we're talking about uh, the government needing more money to be able to help subsidize energy bills this that and the other and they're missing out on a lot of money that could be going into the public purse from obviously tax avoidance in the uh, in the industry from those sorts of companies that we've been talking about
1: well absolutely right i mean the the without a doubt at the, at the moment the um the immigration office in the UK, if you like, uh, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Uh, the, the 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 Brexit came. We they were not prepared for the uh, for the volume of work that were that was to come with it. Um, I think not only not only uh, immigration, but I think there were many many industries were caught short. If you like. But you know we've had time. We've had a lot of time. I know the pandemic was there, and I know that um, people are still, if you like, um, in many cases, reluctant to come back and and work from the office. And you know, it's quite comfortable working from home, one thing or another. However, um, for for us to to maintain the flow of skill that we need to bring in to support our ambitious infrastructure. Program here, then it has to be addressed the The answer, if you like in uh in regards to the uh the visa application system or want another seem to have been let's introduce another restriction by by bringing in a b one english um test before you apply for your visa now this is not an easy test, you know, and I don't speak English very well. But you know, I know the B1 English, and this is written and spoken, if you like, and it's 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 a serious level of um, of uh, of uh, language understanding, if you like, which eliminates a lot of lot of skilled people, and which is unnecessary, in my opinion. You know, we've worked here with people, and we work all over the world speaking English in countries that you know that don't don't converse with us as well. So, you know, a, a skilled person is a skilled person and they can work side-by-side. Side. Um, the, the cost of the application, which is it's, it's thousands, we're talking of thousands of pounds, for me to bring one skilled guy from Europe into United Kingdom to, to, to do a day's work on a tunnel, currently is going to take 10 weeks, up to 10 weeks, can take up to 10 weeks to get the visa uh, uh, in place. And then it gets better when, it land, when you land in this side of the, uh, the pond, if you like. You then have to start training, and mm-hmm. there are so many training courses now, which is which are unregulated. It's another it's another uh, handicap system that we have in place. There are so many different um, training. Um, organizations if you like um, run by CITB and others and others and others if you like Um, so we are given a list of qualifications that a a specialist needs to have before he comes to work on a specific project in the UK but even those differ from project to project which just confirms what I said that they they are not regulated but they are adapted for a specific project or or a or a, or a site, and this, this is what you have to comply with. But it's a lot of money. So mm-hmm. the reality of it is to bring one guy from the other side of the uh, in Europe into the United Kingdom to go to work, twelve weeks and probably in in excess of four or five thousand pounds, which has to be paid before the guy does a single day's work, or the person does a day's work.
0: And then, of course, I mean, you're running the risk as well of that person then going and doing all of that training and then not sticking to the job for um, a particularly long period of time. I mean, they're well within their rights to leave after a certain number of months or even a year, aren't they? Um, but as well as that... Um, like say you're having to go and spend all of this money to bring in skills at a time where skills are needed but it's also a time where you know we're the soaring inflation the soaring energy costs and businesses are being advised to you know cut their cloth tighten their belts accordingly so it's a catch-22 situation isn't it
1: well it is i mean you know if you if you look at it from a from a basic um ground floor level if you like you know if you, if you look at it how 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 things were if you like you used to have to back used to have back to team back to work teams if you like where um somebody who hasn't been so fortunate fortunate uh, maybe uh jail or maybe illness or something like this and to go to get back into work then you had places for these people to go and 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 they would match them with a construction company that they knew, a group of whatever kind of like a uh, job centre sort of um, uh, situation, but in a, in a more one-to-one basis. So, so taking taking a, a person, if you like, um, and persuading a company like G, uh, GTE or, or or a construction company to take this person on as a labourer. Not only have like have, have you got to convince the company that this this person is actually good for the good for the uh, for the shot if you like or for a chance but you've also got to suggest or got to come up with the cost of the training for the for the person to go there you're asking for two punts first take a, take a take a shot on this chap who hasn't uh, necessarily got the a lot uh, going for him but also by the way we need we need 2000 pounds worth of training would you pay for that and uh, yeah difficult difficult
0: it is difficult isn't it and i suppose um one solution that um gte uh, uk is uh tried to uh to implement here is uh, to actually put together its own training academy to try and provide that uh, that learning in the tunneling and construction industries for that next generation and um i suppose um that you're doing that because essentially, I mean, you, you obviously want to help sort of upskill the, uh, the next generation of laborers in the industry. But you've you almost kind of had your hand forced into doing it as well, because you mentioned there there are a lot of training providers out there um, today. A lot of them are unregulated. And this is almost um, an opportunity for yourselves to kind of take the matter into your own hands, I guess. Well, that's be
1: totally true. I mean, our training center now has been running for about 12 months. Um, we are currently running a, a, a five-day course out of that office this week. Um, I think it's a fantastic thing. You know, people people uh, uh, educate themselves and get better qualified. Um, and certainly as they grow and develop, if you like, and, and to be able to have a facility here in the southwest where we do have, uh, in Port of Set Bristol, you know, it's open for all. I mean, I I also run mini medics courses, uh, mini medics are from nine to eleven years old, mm. and um, and at cost. So it's a two-hour course. They come in and, and they actually learn what to do if in in a in a, in a case of emergency and one thing or another. And it, and by doing this, you know, if I can just save one life, if we have saved one life, or if we can encourage maybe one one of those children. To become a nurse or, or a doctor or something just because they've had the uh, little bit of a uh, insight to it or something that's fantastic, so that's also uh, any way to, any way to develop and uh, entice the, the youth and others into work, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it's important, isn't it? Because um, there are some negative perceptions of construction as an overall industry in the uh, the UK, given the, um, I suppose, the value that's been sort of placed on sort of academia compared to more technical vocations. And that's in the long term has been incredibly damaging to the, uh, the construction industry. So, being able to sort of bring youth in, show them that the sector is lucrative, and show them the opportunities that are there. I suppose that's also an incredibly important approach, isn't it? If we are to sort of address the skills shortage that's clearly uh, manifested at this moment in time.
1: Well, it is. You know, I always, I always say, if you have mud on the floor in the bars, then the economy is in the right place or going to the right place, because the first thing to to um, to uh, grind to a halt, if you like, in any kind of uh, recession. I've, I'm old enough to have uh, lived through several of them, and the first thing you see is that the, the muddy boots stop appearing in the bars, and I know there are many new wine bars that don't like to see muddy boots, but mm. to be honest, the, the ground workers and the People that first put the spades into the, in the ground are the ones that uh, are the first ones to 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 become unemployed when we when the economy starts going in the wrong way. Mm. Um, that's the bread and butter, because the, the roll-on effect, if you like, of, of the uh, no muddy boots becomes no uh electricians it means no no plumbers no clean boots if you like and and it works all the way up and no house sales no house house sales then there's no carpet sales there's no floor sales and etc etc this is the role on and eventually there's you know there's no bricks being built or no houses being built so so um it's very important if you like that even though um there may be people out there that look down on on a on a Mud on the floor in a bar mm. to realise that's quite important.
0: It's exactly it, isn't it? And I think uh, somebody um actually put it very very well in a recent uh, in the recent special report that we put together on the um the post sixteen and um Ed education act um actually uh, the government uh, sort of sent to over to Royal the recently that uh, you know it's essentially the construction workers those key workers that build society it isn't people who go sort of making celebrities of themselves on social media and it just shows doesn't it that these are the people that run the country and yet they're the first to be impacted by any sort of recession and um that's that's a real shame because they are the backbone of this country and these are the people these are the skills that we so urgently need and these unfortunately are the skills that we are so were uh, so urgently lacking and uh it just shows that maybe somewhere along the line that we seem to have got something severely severely wrong hmm.
1: well i well I've actually employed and placed thousands of people over the years that I've been involved in in the industry, and many of these uh people have been younger people who have not necessarily been academically strong enough if you like to go uh to go uh, into into positions where education is a requirement, if you like, or or levels of of uh, achievement is are required, but many many of the youngsters that I that I've started uh, have for the first time given been given a chance to work with their hands, and this is so important. And they've gone on to 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 develop to develop into. Um and really uh key key persons within the industry um many of them now uh, over the years have become the bosses of the industry and if you like and uh, uh operators for tunnel ball machines and mechanics and electricians and stuff by giving the by being given the chance one of the one of the problems we have right, and now is that there are there are many many useful Keen and and able people within United Kingdom, and I say that as a whole, including uh, Ireland, the whole the whole um, the whole whole group, if you like, that would love would absolutely love to be able to uh, maybe leave the job that they're working in currently and and step into a a. Job that pays more money uh, gives them more. It's more fulfilling. It's um, it gives their wife, oh, sorry, their family a, a better uh, a standard of living, etc., etc. But the restrictions put put upon these people, if you like, why? Firstly, you need to have an NVQ. You need to have a. A CSCS, you need to have a TSMSTS, a, a TS, and there's is digital number of 4,000, 3,000, 4,000 pounds. With these, plus the time off to be able to get these qualifications before you're able to be given a shot or even a, even a, a chance to apply. Or, I mean, I always say, you know, a, a, a mechanic is a mechanic. And it's,
0: mm.
1: it's own its compatible skills. You know, we have we have... Thousands of people thousands of people who who are more than capable of doing the work, but they need they need to be um, familiarized familiar to familiarize somebody in a different part of a different part of equipment or something like that is far cheaper than it is to change somebody from you
0: mm that's that's exactly the thing isn't it and uh, it isn't easy for somebody who wants to transition into a different industry to access the training and the skills to be able to do that and so that's something that we do I think really do need to focus on in this country rather than of course just focusing on sort of that younger demographic which seems to be the target of a lot of government schemes at the moment and I suppose that's the um the beauty of what GT Training Academy is doing, isn't it? It's targeting every age group and it is education as well that is CITB and City and Guilds accredited. So I suppose that your ambition for that in the longer run is to, you know, hopefully try and make that difference and obviously also entice that younger generation but give opportunities to those older people as well that do want to transition into different careers and different industries.
1: Mm, Absolutely so. But where where if we go back to we go back to the beginning where uh, uh companies like GT are being, if you like, restricted to the access of the major uh projects that were ongoing at our or being developed within the United Kingdom. And these companies like us that would love to bring more of these people into, uh, into the market are uh, being restricted by, if you like, being held off or being uh, other, other joint ventures being reluctant to work with us because they know we're more expensive. We are only more expensive because we are working legally. We are not more expensive because we're making vast amounts of profit, if you like, uh, uh, against people that they're working with.
0: Yes exactly and um, this is where now I mean there needs to be that leveling of the playing field because there are so many businesses out there that of course are you know have their hearts in the right place they want to make that difference and you know plug that gap in the industry but because of the discrepancies of um, the playing field and um, within the, uh, the sector um, that's a problem it's almost it's hampering businesses from being able to uh, to make that difference and it's almost, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? I mean, um, you, you want to make that difference. You want to be able to roll more of this out. But obviously, because you're a law-abiding business, um, you're almost being prevented from doing that. And that should not be the case. And I suppose now for this new cabinet that we're seeing, this is something that they need to, uh, to be addressing. And we talked a little bit about earlier IR thirty five and how that's been mismanaged. So, do you think maybe looking again at that legislation might be a solution for this issue, or do you think that perhaps going and looking at something completely different as a way of addressing this might well be the uh, the way to go from your perspective?
1: Well, my understanding is what what the the government are currently. Uh, the line the, current, uh, the, the government is currently taking is that they've employed more HMRC inspectors. I think 150 mm. um, to to investigate, if you like, companies. And the main thing the thing about HMRC is they're 24 seven. You know they don't need to sleep. They, they 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 get a case and they they deal with it, as, and it takes as long as they want, or they, it, it takes if you like so. Eventually, the, the money that is being, um, or the avoidance, if you like, tax avoidance, will, I assume, be, be found out. And there will, be, um, there will be companies and people held to account. But my concern, as I said before, is for the employee, is mm. for the single person. The big companies, you take your chance. You, you that that's what you've done. You know what you're doing. You're they're, they're certainly smart enough to become a big company, so they're smart enough to know what they're doing. But for the individual, is is it really concerns me? The um,
0: yeah, it's it's a problem, isn't it? Because like the the issue that we're seeing is that um, these businesses are committing acts of tax avoidance and what's going on is the consequences when HMRC are eventually cottoning onto what's happening are falling upon the individual affected because they are not registered accordingly. And that's entirely down to the umbrella companies being used by, um, by, by obviously these are uh, these big corporates and, uh, they're avoiding, of course, any kind of um, sort of retribution for the actions that they've done. It's all falling upon the individual, and yet they're benefiting from that. And so you're absolutely right, the concern is for the individual. And um, the, what what is quite staggering as well, sort of from my personal perspective on this, is that there's a huge, huge lack of awareness of this and a lack of real publication about it. And um, I suppose there needs to be a real sort of bit of sort of legwork from the government on that front to sort of raise awareness uh, to individuals that, you know, this is happening, you need to be checking this, you need to be aware of it, or it could obviously be you that's um, going to sort of bear the brunt of all of this.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I mean, it's so... Widely used and is at such a high, at such a senior level, if you like, that consultants working for a company for one year, if you like, can currently be self employed. This is not complying to the ER35. You know, there are so many um, senior, senior people throughout the country working the system and avoiding the uh, the national uh, insurance contributions and the full tax contributions if you like to to be to be real i know that there are many many wealthy people out there that that are benefiting from from the loophole as well and they're more than capable of paying uh, their, their 15,000 pound a year for for bupa for a private medical care mm. And and it, and their nine pounds twenty pence a week doesn't really matter. The fact the fact that there are also thousands of these very wealthy people who who are stepping ahead of the national of the national health service queues to get themselves treated in one thing or another. Mm. That's all part of maybe evolution. You know, there are there's private medical care, of which I do also have. I I, I have private medical care, but I fly all over the world, and unfortunately, the NHS does not. Cover me when I'm sat in india with a with a bug in my belly or something like that, mm. but I do pay my full national insurance
0: and taxes and that's it isn't it it's the um even though a lot of these people um who are profiting from um the these the people that run businesses that are profiting from not paying national insurance contributions um even though they can afford their own medical care and they think, oh, well, I, I don't need to pay into the NHS. I mean, there's still a very moral problem there, isn't it? I mean, it's almost one rule for one set of people and one for another. And then I think if that isn't addressed as well, I mean, you're obviously going to see more of that kind of class divide and more of that kind of discontent uh, socially, aren't you? So, I mean, it's in the interests of that also that ministers have to, uh, to have a look at this again.
1: Absolutely, there are still many people that will limp into the NHS with a sore hip or 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 damaged knee, if you like, having paid uh, very little into it. That's for sure.
0: And it's. Essentially, uh, it, it's, it's quite sad, isn't it, that obviously we, we, we've been in a period of time where I know that the uh, the new Prime Minister has made very clear she plans to reverse the uh, the national insurance increase brought in um, at the beginning of, uh, of this year. Um, but uh, the, the, the irony of that is that they've raised national insurance contributions, and yet they're probably still not going to get the revenue that they need to get from it because um, there are loads of people that are still avoiding it. And so those that should be paying more are not paying more, and the burden was essentially being... Um, being on the shoulders of everybody else that was sort of abiding by the law and already paying their fair share.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> sure. I mean, look, I I've said this before, I've wrote this before. I believe that our nurses and nurses in particular and doctors um health care workers should be paid more money. And I believe our soldiers should be paid more money also. You know, we're we're living in let's say relative peace at this moment, apart from um Sadly, what's going on in Ukraine. Um, however, you know, we were at war for ten years. Our soldiers were paid very poorly. Um, our nurses have been working for hundreds of years with with uh, with poor, I would say, salaries as well. But I also say this, you know, and I wrote my in my last article. I would like to see our new new uh, leader and our her team, if you like, also to address the top of fire. It's clear for anybody with sense that we are top heavy we have we have countless countless committees and organizations and councils and federations and etc mm-hmm. etc et right, who have who have come together been brought together um and to make a decision if you like or to help make a decision who have never been disbanded after they were brought together. And if I look at the NHS. I mean, the NHS. If you look at the top of the NHS, it's, it, it it's. I don't know how it doesn't topple over. If it, there's got to be a ratio of four to five to one nurse above, and if you look at many of the companies that we have, and um, throughout the, throughout the country. Government departments, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and again, if I swing back to the into the immigra- immigration office, then how can we be short-staffed in this immigration office? How can it be? This is impossible. We have, we have more than enough people who could be reallocated to actually do something that uh, for the salaries that they're extracting at the moment from the taxpayers' purses. And this is what I'm saying to to our new leader: please address. The, the huge weight that we are we are holding above us from uh, many many of these companies.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think we're t- we're talking at a time where you know we're, there's inflationary pressures, the strikes on, and people want pay rises to try and obviously be able to sort of afford the uh, the cost of living. And you know we are we're, we're in an era where there are a lot of top heavy businesses, both in the private and public sectors. I mean there are people there. Sort of running these um, these uh, organisations, um, nobody's entirely sure what their sort of practical role actually is. They are more often than not taking large salaries away from it, and um, their being there, it over it, it essentially just creates more bureaucracy, doesn't it? I mean, it's like it is; it's another barrier to actually getting things done, I suppose, and so. I I, I do see where you're coming from in that sense, that these departments at the top that are incredibly top-heavy, that do have these extensive boards of executives, perhaps this is something that needs to be reviewed because essentially they're showing, um, given the way that they're built, that they're not actually capable of planning or providing the services that they were intended for because of the way that they're structured.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And and many, many, many of them are also self-employed or or on the pretence of being self employed again at that level, so serious salaries and serious um um flow or cash flow, if you like that, which just much needed we're we're much needed we're talking about energy now I'm also you know uh, what is the answer I don't know what the answer is actually not otherwise i would i would I would suggest it here, mm-hmm. but I would like to see honesty I would like to see honesty from our new uh, government or new or new leader, if you like. You now, what is what are the consequences of a windfall tax against the big energy companies? Because you know, as a layman, which I consider myself to be, is, is somebody explain to me? Because m- the obvious thing for me to 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 suggest would be a windfall tax on the on the vast uh, profits, if you like, within energy companies and the likes, if you like. However, if there's a reason why we can't do that, then just be honest with the layman people of, this, of, the, of the country and say, listen, this is why we're not doing that, because the consequences are, rather than, well, we're just not going to do it, or whatever, because we're not all stupid. We're, mm. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not as smart as the many of our leaders in one thing or another, but we're not stupid people. So I think there's, in, it's 2022, people are not going to accept what we used to accept as a as a younger person don't ask questions and get on with it because people are now looking for answers they want to know they want to know the reason why they want to know the reason why and it's and we can argue with that as much as we want that's all about democracy at the end of the day if you're going to make a decision and it's if it's questionable just give an explanation why i've done it i've done it because or I haven't done it because, and people can argue about it, but at the end of the day, at least there's an explanation.
0: Yeah, so I suppose uh, if we were to s- s- sort of put out there through this podcast one big message to the, uh, the new prime minister, the new cabinet, or any leader in any walk of life out there, I guess it's that there need to be some clear non-negotiables here, and that's essentially transparency in your leadership, what you're doing, make sure we know the hows and the whys, and just plain and simple, Integrity as well in leadership. I mean, and I think in in some respects, um, people have um a lot of reason to think that perhaps that's been lacking in some quarters in uh, in years gone by as well.
1: Yes, I believe so. I I think it's I think it's a uh, very brave person to take the position of prime minister, um, at any time and in particular now. You know, you've inherited the team. You've been part of the team. It's it's like becoming. A, I I look at the government. Um, like a business. I look at it as the prime minister, the CEO, the Chancellor of as the CFO, and, and and as it goes down, and I see MPs as directors. Mm. And I see directors as, as uh, somebody who the councils throughout the country answer to, and as a, as a, tr- a pyramid structure, if you like, as a company should be. Um, there has massive flaws. It's a huge, huge company. Of course, and I and I don't think it's ever been brought to to uh, to a board meeting, if you like. I can imagine it would take mm-hmm. half of London to sit them all there. But th- th- there should be accountability. There should be accountability, and MPs should be held accountable for their areas of of responsibility, uh, uh, and they should be reporting up the ladder to the point where the ceo can the ceo can actually say listen this is not this performance is not good and there's a what's the reason for it and 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 the mp should not be able to roll on for years and years and years whilst the whole thing below him is is uh, is is a shambles mm. that's my view on it
0: Exactly right. And um, perfectly uh, vind- um, vindicated as well by what we've seen over the uh, the course of the last few years in many, many respects. And it's clear, isn't it, that, you know, the new prime minister, Liz Truss, She's going to have a lot on her plate, particularly with the construction industry. She's got to deal with the energy cost burden. She's got to deal with IR35, whatever the course that's going to take. And obviously just level the playing field fairly and make sure that, you know, everybody's abiding by the law and paying what they should be into the system because we're at a period of time where um, the government's going to need all of the, uh, the money that it can get, even if it is alleviating the tax burden on the individual. So certainly plenty for it to get a teeth stuck into. I think that's for sure, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I wish all uh, luck and good health in the world. And I hope, honestly, hope that there's enough integrity left within uh, the party to realize that if they do not get it right this time, then they will be certainly looking for for futures green.
0: Absolutely, so and um, just looking um, to the uh, the future as well um in the context of your own business, uh, Kevin. Just before we wrap up on the uh, the program today, um, for yourselves um, at uh, Global Tunneling Experts and also the GT Academy over the uh, the next sort of twelve months or so, if we put that initial time frame on it, um, what are some of your sort of priorities going to be as we try and sort of navigate the uh, the current economic situation, and what are you really sort of hoping to uh, to achieve in that time?
1: Well, it- the challenges I, I I see ahead of us are the same as everyone our competitors have. It is uh, it is uh, manpower. It is workforce skill set. Um, we we simply do not have enough um, available in this country. We will have to bring in. We will have to outsource from from. Our friends across the the water in Europe and further afield, and why shouldn't we? They do it to us also. Mm. Um, I, I'm three times around this world travelled. This is not the only country that's that's suffering, if you like. Um, but we really have to get this uh, get this sorted. We have to get our immigration policy sorted. And I would suggest that companies like Global experts you have a database of over 8,000 persons within it. Um, If you like, from all over the world within our industry, we know very well um, the the skilled workers that's required and the ones free from this country to another. This is how we have continuity of work for our guys. But we could also be considered as a uh, a um, pre-authorized specialist. Because we have done all of the checks. You know, we have done all the checks. We know the person. We know the skill set, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, to to limit the time, the process of actually getting that specialist on the ground here, then I would suggest that the, the the government looks at companies like mine and says, look, these guys are operating worldwide. They have. Uh, credibility we've had we're one of the first com- uh, companies in the country with the sponsor license you know we've been doing it for years and mm-hmm. um, and we have never up to this point made a mistake and we won't wait, we won't make one now uh, uh, intentionally if you like uh due to your care for the for the people coming from abroad or anybody else that works for us so that's that's the challenge the, the challenge is also to win work so I said, we still uh, we are winning work, but certainly not in the scale where, where I'd like to, like to see it. I'd like to see us being supported, and I would like to say to the joint ventures and companies throughout the, the country, don't be afraid of GTE. If you're working legally, then we're your friends. Absolutely. You're doing nothing wrong working with us. We have a great past, and we have a great future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A food for thought for anybody tuning into uh, to this podcast today. And um, if you do, of course, want to find out a little bit more about uh, Kevin and the uh, the business, uh, global-tunnelling-experts.com is a good port of call. And there's also uh, the um, the gteta.com website as well for the GTA Academy that you can look at if you're interested in uh, the work that they do. And uh, obviously as well, just a message um, to um, sort of yourself, uh, Kevin, um, just echoing what you said uh, to the Prime Minister, I do wish you all the luck in the, uh, the world in sort of executing the aims that you've outlined there and uh, just a message as well to ministers I mean when it comes to sort of trying to uh, source skills um, in the short term I mean there is little alternative but to obviously go and outsource those skills from abroad because it's going to take years to sort of build the skilled domestic workforce that we need but at the minute it's just simply taking too too long isn't it so plenty to review, plenty to think about and to yourself Kevin um, wish you all the luck in the world in being able to uh, to do that from a business perspective and um, certainly all the best over the next year And I think it would be great uh, once we sort of have an idea as to how it's all panning out for you to catch up and have you back on the show just to see how things are sort of panning out for for you in the business.
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. (laughs) It's been an immense pleasure, Kevin. Thanks ever so much again for joining us. And I do hope that everybody tuning into the podcast today. Also enjoyed hearing from Managing Director at Global Tunneling Experts UK Limited, Kevin Browning. And uh, from myself, Scott Chaloner, your host today, it's been fantastic having you joining us today on the programme. And if you run your own business or your organisation with its own story to share with us about the issues that we've discussed or any topical matter and issue that is pertinent to your industry, then you too can apply to be on the programme to leave that point of view with us via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, everybody listening in, do take care. And goodbye.